what I do. Translate culture. Make it possible for our culture to continue to have the significance impact on global fashion it has now. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to You Have to Wear Something. It is officially cold everywhere. Friendsgiving has passed. And if you're wondering why time flies after Halloween, well, join the club. As I browse my 5011 tabs opened for continued cyber deals, I am torn between totally respectable and useful shoes like fancy combat boots or a Danner hiking boot. Instead, I am distracted by the plethora of sneakers on sale, not just at Foot Locker where I shopped in the past, but Undefeated, Soul Stage, or if you want to overpay, StockX, The Real Real, Vestiaire Collective, Tradesy, and so on and so forth. It's the overpaying part that's got me hot and it's been brewing for a while. If I remember correctly, Watching my two brothers grow up in the 90s, I remember sneakers being very important. They had to be fresh. They had to be clean. Usually a pair of Nikes. My oldest bro assertively shared that my mom was selecting the wrong gym shoe for me. We say gym shoes, not sneakers in Chicago. And I got my first Nikes. They were a pair of blue Cortezes, I believe. Over the years, I watched my elder bros get Jordans, Air Max, and whatever else from Adidas or Puma, but this sneaker thing of collecting and preserving and the sneaker being the main character of the outfit was a black and brown boy thing. It was also a hip hop thing, a genre cultivated by the black and brown folks. But as we all know, we weren't making the bulk of the money off that either. But not to digress into all exploitation, let's stay on track here with the sneakers. Among the thousands of people in America, especially black men who are fixated on sneakers, they are the drivers of a market that pulled in $70 billion in 2020, according to the market research company Statista. At the same time, there is a harsh reality. While black culture has made sneakers an invaluable element to any wardrobe, and black consumers are at the heart of that profit, black sneaker retailers are hard to find. Nike released a sustainability report in March that opened with a word from its president and CEO, John Donahoe, and it said, our brand would not be what it is today without the powerful contributions of black athletes and black culture. And yet, while some retailers are fake working on changing the disparity, those contributions generate little in the way of black wealth. Any sort of cultural force is always absent of any power and it's done often in a misleading way to suggest that black people have an economic strength that doesn't actually exist. Many in the industry, including me, are very concerned that only 5% of sneaker retailers in America are black. It's a white boys club, like most things, and they are aware of it, but their privilege doesn't force them to have to change it. As a black sneaker retailer, the only thing you can do is have a great ecosystem of loyal black customers and community. But on the other side, white gatekeepers keep us out. 
Changing it is an individual choice, especially for white Americans, because they're part of a system that has been created to keep us out. There is no identifiable data that tracks the number of Black-owned independent sneaker retail stores, but what we do know is there are 18, maybe, and three of them are in Europe. James Whitner owned a sneaker store called Flava Factory. The name was very Black, very urban, so he changed it to Social Status. And all of a sudden, the opportunity started to change and the business just exploded. But why do we have to change the name of our businesses, something more digestible for white communities? Easton Lohman owned 22 athletes' foot stores, but has since bought and sold several of them, bringing his total to nine. You can literally count the Black-owned sneaker shops on one hand. Considering Black men are the main consumers, the ones who built the industry, it's sad. The barrier to entering the retail market is high for a prospective store owner between corporate control over which stores can sell their sneakers and required startup costs that begin around 60000 I think that's, honestly, I don't even think you could do it for that. Um, resources are required to be successful and not many of us have the resources or the business savvy or the understanding of what it takes to actually win in this industry. The emergence of sneakers and pop culture begins with the 1986 rap song, My Adidas by Run DMC. Sneakers have a history with hip hop and hip hop broadly speaking as a fashion force in and of itself relates also in general to black people's overall influence on American culture and popular culture. There is no American pop culture without black people. That's period. Black influencers ignited the sneaker phenomena erupting when Michael Jordan emerged as a global sensation in the early 80s. Between Nike's creative marketing and Jordan's soaring popularity, Air Jordan sneakers became a must-have for young people everywhere and it still is. It's simply not easy to start this kind of business. Athletes Foot had a relationship with a bank that was financing franchises but we know how much racism there is in banking. Acquiring a retail space is way more difficult for black people than it was two decades ago. So let's talk about the sneaker dynasty, Nike. They play a huge role in all of this and Nike alone can determine a store's profitability and existence. They have implemented a, a, a direct-to-consumer element that cuts out many retailers. It's also becoming more selective over which stores can sell its products, often focusing on its own retail stores. On top of that, Nike is producing fewer shoes in recent years to drive demand even further. And personally, I cannot stand scarcity marking or the resale market. It's on my last. Back in the day, if you had a Nike account, you could pretty much open up a store anywhere, but now it's hard to get a Nike account. So that makes it a whole lot harder for people in the business to expand. And it definitely has made it a whole lot harder for people to get into business. By people, I mean black people. Um, so who's fed up? Who's enacting change? Um, Darius Billings, for one, who has worked in the athletic apparel sneakers industry since graduating from Howard in 88, um, was a senior director of product and marketing for Athletes Foot. So he started the START program, which means Strategic African-American Retail Track, which is designed to create pathways for Black entrepreneurs to become retail store owners. The program is about fostering change, 
within an industry that was really built on black culture, black influence and black community. He looked at ownership and questioned, hmm, how many black retail owners are out there in the sneaker space? Not many and not nearly enough. So Start recruits, encourages, and supports black entrepreneurs in the sneaker industry by educating and exposing them and you know, clearing the traditional barriers that black potential business owners face. Half of the business is profit. The other part is nonprofit. And the whole goal is to bring people into the industry by working with business partners like Nike and from other industries like Bank of America. I'm not a fan of Bank of America, but they have been working strategically with the black community to kind of provide opportunities. Um, strategically working on summits, classes, anything that can be done to help bring black people along and close the gap in the industry. Change is not gonna happen overnight, but the work is being done every day. I will add that black potential business, business owners have to do their part too. When there are resources out there, y'all step into them and hold yourselves accountable and get to a place where we can break the system. We don't break the system by just saying that the system is against us. We break a system by succeeding in the system. And look, I just, you know, it's going to be an unfair system. So will you have to work twice as hard? Will you have to work three times as hard, three times as hard? Probably. But that doesn't make the reward any less sweet. Clearly, sneakers are still so hot with folks camping out for drops, like folks who camped out for four days to purchase a pair of Air Max 97s made partially out of corduroy. Pairs can sell online today for as much as $2,000, but they originally retailed for $160. Um, sneakers are so hot that resellers are making a living off coveted models. And it's hard to believe that some sneakers have increased in value over time, often selling for four to five times what they originally cost. Personally, I refuse to overpay going through resellers, but I have thought about it. Ultimately, sneakers dominance in mainstream society speaks to the power and influence of black culture. The lack of black sneaker retailers speaks to something different. Listen, we all know what Air Jordans are. We all know someone who knows someone who considers themselves a sneakerhead. But the culture seems to have changed quite a bit in the past couple decades. What used to be a community of devoted folks with a historian-like pre-internet knowledge of sneakers largely made up of black people is now teaming with members of Gen Z and people who want a pair of Nike SB Dunks because an influencer wore them on social media. Sneaker, market, sneaker companies market to this new younger generation of sneakerheads who likely don't know the history of the culture. Teens and 20-somethings who buy shoes from sites like StockX or Grailed don't know that kids in the 80s and 90s lined up for raffle spots for the chance to get their hands on the latest release. While the growth of the sneakerhead culture in itself isn't a bad thing, I think it's important to acknowledge where it came from. And I sound like a broken record, but that's black culture. So who the, who is the culture for now? The sneaker reseller community has massively changed sneakerhead culture, making the most coveted releases more easily accessible. If you have the money, that is. Considering the wealth gap, this fact leaves out a large population of the people who made sneaker culture what it is today. Again, Black people. Can we just acknowledge that many things we obsess over, collect, and consume are contributions of Black culture? 
there is no sneakerhead culture without hip hop or NBA basketball. So just sit with that, remember that, and celebrate that. And until next time, peace.